Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today on the show we have Daniel Sanguinetti, an interview with him. He's a producer in Canberra. Uh, he's just come off working on Theatre of the Dead, which is a zombie film, Lloyd. Uh, so I sat down with him to talk about Theatre of the Dead, a little bit about his background, and um, yeah, just to sort of touch base about this upcoming project. Yeah, I can't wait. A zombie films are right up my alley, so... To, to hear of one that's being made in Canberra, I really can't wait to check it out. Absolutely. Here is the interview. Alright, Daniel, thank you for sitting down with me. Obviously, um, very busy with the upcoming release of Theatre of the Dead, but I appreciate you uh, taking some time to uh, talk about your experience on the film. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me here, and I'm looking forward to it. Very nice. Um, so, look, just jumping back in your own personal career, yep. where did your love of film come from? Because I find often directors and producers have that kind of moment in their lives where they decide, this is something I could be doing with my, my yeah. time. I, th- I think it comes down to storytelling. I think from a young age, I love to tell a good story. And I think even though I remember back as a probably a five-year-old, six-year-old, I uh, discovered a thing called a video camera and my family friends would film us on a hill pretending some sort of amazing story was happening and you know obviously I was the hero and my brother and sister were you know either the bad guys and I had to you know use leaves to throw at them and that defeated them you know and the evil was destroyed and I win. Okay so also I mean I've had exactly the same sort of experience where we've had a home you know uh, home video camera and I've made the exact same kind of short films and it is very much about storytelling like you say mm, yeah well it was uh, my grandfather who I think identified that I had this interest and they've had a, a video camera as most people do um, and uh, they said oh I'll have a play have a have a go and so um, at the time I was living in England and I'd come over to Australia to visit them and they said well here it is have a what, what, what can you do so I went out we went to the beach we filmed things I filmed feet dogs and everything and as I got more familiar with the camera I suddenly realized that you could do little animations with this camera you could put start um, on a you could hit record at a certain point and then it would uh, record just a couple of frames and then that's uh, so how I worked out sort of how animation works and we made little model um, boats and plasticine men and we made little animations with yep. little stories so it just it was just all about exercising our imagination and I think that's what my grandfather was doing I mean he was he was uh, an established artist Um, he uh, from Wollongong he was involved so much in the arts community and as well as in the steel construction and so his art was all about um, uh, sort of sculptures made out of steel and all those sort of things I always used to look at them and kind of touch them and try and understand them and I think he saw that connection there he understood that maybe there's something going on in my head that needed to be uh, I guess caressed out and he he gave that opportunity by giving a camera and let me play and it was I think the next time I came back to Australia from England to visit again that he actually let me take the camera with me and I took the camera back to England Mm -hmm. and from there we, we were making music videos you know, lip syncing to songs we were playing, and uh, we understood, started learning just about how um, you know the the, the in camera edits used to work. And I think that's what really got it going. 
Um, but, but but I was always a writer as a young age. I, my mum used to say to me that, you know, oh, you've got a really good story. Tell everyone your story. And um, obviously, as a young child, it would have probably been everyone humoring me and saying, oh, that's very good. But truth is, is I think that always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And it came to a point when um, for assignments or for, for school, at least, you know, we had to write stories. And you had to, you know, write 300 words. But I would write a 1,000 words. Mm-hmm. Um and also, also, I remember coming to the first my first Apple computer, mm-hmm. and it was one of those sort of box Classics. shaped, yeah, classic yeah. box shaped um, Apple computers, and it had um, it had a word processor on it, and so I would that would, that was a new experience. The whole idea of being able to actually um, just type it all up on a computer, script your words, show them. yeah, and then I discovered the idea that there wasn't enough memory to keep going, and so I would fill up a, an Apple computer of memory of my stories. And that was my journey to, to sort of get there, you know? Yeah, definitely. For me, um, just uh, to relay off what you're doing, um, I've had exactly the same experience, you know, making all the sort of short films. And I, mm-hmm. I shudder to ask, have you still got your short films and do you ever watch them back? Uh, from that time, surprisingly, I don't watch them back as much because I'm embarrassed because in those videos you see me dancing <laughs> and miming to... Uh, Hanson, sure, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 to um, uh, I don't even know if in Australia they had this band called Shampoo. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, there there were the things we made music videos for that. Um, and so yeah, but I do have them. Okay. I do have them on a videotape somewhere. We um, had all our tapes of our home movies and home made films all converted to DVD and digital just for posterity. And just it is hilarious to watch everything back. <laughs> Definitely. Um, mm. So, I mean, when you sort of wrote, obviously the projects get longer and, and more mm. detailed. And as you get older, you move towards telling longer stories towards features. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Look, it, um, it, it, it was this interesting period once I sort of try to work out when they said to you, you've got to have a career. You know, you're in, you're in year 10, year 11. They're saying you've got to work out what you want to do because university's coming and you've got to make those decisions. And I was always interested in media. So it was just a thing to do media but I had this idea that I was going to be in the Air Force okay. I don't know I think I got wowed by their presentation at school and they were like you know you should join the Air Force I'm like yeah I'm going to join the Air Force so Top Gun yeah Top Gun you know <laughs> that that would have uh, definitely influenced and so I did the whole maths physics um, chemistry all the things you needed to do and that's what directed my year 11 mm-hmm. but I realised I hated it sure. I hated it and there was one class I loved which was media and I think it was really between year 11 and 12 that I finally accept that I was going to have a career in the media mm-hmm. and that I wanted to be a filmmaker as such. I wanted to tell stories through the medium of video or film. Yep. Um, and having the access to, I guess what you call it, a, an editing device uh, before then was in camera. Mm-hmm. And then this new idea of two video machines. Yeah. Completely mind-blowing. <laughs> two video machines. Um, so you could actually, you know, change the order in what you would shot things. And yeah. th- that was my first experience. And then the Casablanca editing system, that was, uh, that was again, a m- brand new mind blow. And as soon as I got hands on one of those, I was, in, you know, in any, any free um, class, I would be coming in and editing something, you know, just any access I got to that. Um, and it was, it paid off because what I did in media really, it got me not only passionate, but it got me the marks I wanted to to get into university um, 
I didn't do so well in, ma- in maths and, and physics, to be honest. Um, and so, but yeah, by the end of year 12, I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And so straight away, finished year 12, I went and did the Melbourne uh, Summer Film School. Okay. And that was just weeks, uh, four weeks, five weeks of um, intensive, this is what the film industry is all about. And mm-hmm. I got to, uh, you know, this is the first time I met um, an armor and I got to see what squibs look like and yep. we met with actors and the first time I saw a steady cam and you know this was a this is a redhead this is you know before then it was just a camera and me and, and my friends lights, yeah. you know these are my friends and you know we had grainy dark images and it didn't matter yeah all of a sudden this realization that the film industry is a much bigger thing um, Would and you recommend uh, people going to a course like that? Absolutely. If you want to, if you want to, like it's it, it did it, for me. It made me want to be a filmmaker. It made me see that there is well, these are the options. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do that, I think you should. I think you should look at what courses you can do because um, it benefited me. It made things clear, and especially at the age I was, I was barely eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, everyone went to schoolies. I went to Melbourne Summer Film School. Very nice. So um, let's talk about uh, your first sort of short films um, beyond the um, yeah um, summer course. In well, see, in fact, it was in year twelve when I think I made my first proper short film, mm-hmm. um, and it was called Space Bunnies. Okay, and I think it was a bit of a, a love affair to my you know to Back to the Future, Aliens, um, to all those sort of eighties. You know, action, science fiction, you know, they, they, the Indiana Jones, all, all those those films that I think kind of make me want to you know, enjoy cinema. These are your influences? I, I, I would say so. I would say so. But yeah, Space Bunnies was this idea of, of, of um, a guy who had its... Uh, he was a normal guy with an amazing imagination and so he made things up. He made things happen in, in front of him that wasn't really what happened and it was, it was also he's uh, a love affair with a, a girl he liked and so it was that typical uh, teen angsty you know oh I want to fall in love with a girl and then he's got to do everything in his imagination powers to to win her over mm-hmm. and you know I was I think it also kind of helped me decide what sort of film I'm going to be because I'm a bit bleak and so at the end you know they don't get together because that's to me that's a bit more reality that's you know reality, sure. and, and it was he got his best friend and I think that sort of directed a lot of um, a lot of the things that I do uh, from that was um, you know there there is there is your best friends and you should always have them around. I think it's a theme that eventually carries through. Sure. Okay. Tell me about um, Screwball. Screwball was a result of going to University of Canberra, studying media, and going. I'm not touching equipment. The course back then was very theory based and it was it was a little frustrating because I just wanted to touch cameras after going to the Melbourne Summer Film School you were like this is what a camera is this is a film camera and And you'd been given a camera by your grandfather that's right people trust you with cameras that's right so uh, I came came to uh, university and all they want to do was talk about you know uh, communication how to talk to an audience how to uh, what is this discourse of, of, of this situation? And it was like, you know, oh, yeah, well, no, we didn't even get to that yet. Oh. Not in the first year. The first year was very, very broad in just the, the art of communicating, mm. which you can kind of see how it was meant to come together in the end. But by second year, I was pretty frustrated. So um, 
there was a time, and you might actually have um, some connection to this, I believe. Okay. There was a film called Strange James that Correct. came along. and Strange James was um, Canberra's first digital feature film. It was boasted as a guy named uh, David Reed um, tried to make a film for, I believe it was... Well, I think it was um, sixteen to twenty thousand um, dollars, and it was all shot digitally, which was semi unheard of at the time. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I was amazed. I was. Um, I saw this. Sorry, I lost what I was saying. That's all right. Um, two thousand and two or three. I was going to say, um, Strange James was released, and you saw the premiere. I'm I was at. Yeah, I was. I went to. I went and get, didn't get into the premiere, but I got to one of the screenings and. Um, I'd met Dave actually um, at a party and Dave was saying oh you know I've made this feature film it's going to come out soon it's difficult this is this is what I wanted to achieve and I was was saying how I wanted to be a filmmaker and one of the key things Dave said to me and it's it's kind of interesting that that's where it started he said to me if you want to be a filmmaker just call yourself a filmmaker and then make sure you've got something to back it up behind Mm -hmm. and that's the thing from that point on I went wow okay I'm going to be a filmmaker and so I went and started saying I'm a filmmaker I'm a filmmaker and then I went oh yeah I've got to make a film so I went and made a film made a short film and it was about the time of the first Lights Camber Action um, film competition and I made a film for that and entered it I didn't make the top 12 but I made the outer screening competition but I remember I was filming in Grimmer Place Dave walked past. Nice. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm being a filmmaker. He's like, hey, nice work. Yeah. You know? And that that really kind of, that kept the movement going. And from there, there was this idea of making, I love soccer. I know we haven't really talked about soccer. And I know this is a film thing. <laughs> but uh, if you, you, you were to put me in a box, you would put soccer and film. And so the idea of making a soccer film yep. was what had to happen. Are you and a fan of the goal films? Uh, I, I, I not by the third one. Okay, the there first one. The, yeah, the first goal film was I quite enjoyed, but <laughs> once they got to the third one, I was just okay. like, okay, <laughs> stop now, please. Um, but yeah, so I wrote this script. It was called Screwball. Mm-hmm. It was uh, I was working at the indoor cricket center um, in, as a soccer referee, and I guess I used that connection and went, hey guys, could I come in on the weekends and shoot a movie? That's exactly the same way Kevin Smith did Clerks. Yeah. He's working in a convenience store. You've got to take what you have. Yeah, exactly. So they let me do it. And over four weekends, we shot this soccer movie. Um, There wasn't much of a plot. I mean, it's a soccer game. It was a 20-minute action movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It set up the soccer game. There was the first half of the game. Obviously, the team was losing, and they had to have the the hero of the story get over his uh, his uh, his own issues and bring the team together so they can defeat the evil team that was fighting. I mean, the same <laughs> stories I've been telling always. You know, mm-hmm. there's always good versus evil, and how evil triumphs. And again, coming to this bleak idea, um, you he didn't let the good guy win. He didn't win. <laughs> he was given a penalty at the last moment. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he stood up to take take the uh, take the kick. And uh, he runs forward. It's all in slow motion. All in slow motion. Um, he goes forward. He steps. And then he trips himself over and falls down and knocks the ball. And uh, So that counts. It counts. <laughs> and uh, so that's where it ends. And everybody was like, what? Mm. He doesn't do it? But that's, that's just the way I love making films. It's reality. You know, to me, it's just much more real to say, not, you know, the good guy never always wins. What he won, though, was his friendships. And he won... Those are the things. And that's, that was the victory. Mm. But he can't win everything. 
It's true. So, (laughs) I mean, the world can be bleak. uh, (laughs) We'll explore that later in a therapeutic way. But um, in 2007, on IMDb, you can find these credits for Daniel. Um, Touch of Courage was uh, a feature-length film. That That was my first feature. And I I would call it a student film. Um, You wrote and directed this? I I, I co-wrote it and co-directed and Mm -hmm. co-produced with uh, Christopher Ma. And Christopher Ma was a result of needing some help Mm -hmm. and i went back to um my college saint francis xavier in flurry and i said i need i need to make some short films i'm frustrated at university i'm not making i'm not doing what i want i want to touch equipment i want to make films so Mm -hmm. what can you do and i was put in front of christopher ma who was also a teacher there and he i was making screwball and then i was told he liked soccer as well so Mm -hmm. straight away instant connection um i believe he was a liverpool fan um, so that was that was something we had to get past. But anyway, okay. <laughs> um, I think it was Liverpool. But anyway, uh, he so we, we kind of built our, our friendship through Screwball. And once we finished Screwball, we said it was a good experience. It was an amazing experience to have shared. So we said, let's make some more. Mm-hmm. And along came this idea of A Touch of Courage. And Touch of Courage was, I say a student film because it started off as a short film, a seven-minute short film. Mm-hmm. We shot it. We liked it, but then we went. Oh, we've got some new ideas. Let's let's add those in, and it ended up being fifteen minutes. And then we realised, you know what? We kind of made a film that has some good parts and some interesting parts, but we want to tell more of the backstory because we created this really odd world, and this is where the blackness continues. Because uh, <laughs> the story was about a girl who was locked in a cupboard as a child by her father, <laughs> and her. F- father would only leave her inside this cupboard with a single desk lamp and this desk lamp was her light and i guess you can say that through that symbology we um we sort of said that she kind of imagined herself as a a, a university student and all the psychological issues that resulted from being inside a cupboard made her fear the dark and so we wanted to put our character into as many dark situations as possible mm-hmm. but a lot of them as well were the dark of her mind and her distaste to the way that her father treated her but at the same time we discovered once we've done the short film that her father was there's more there we wanted to say and as a result we re- when we went back took this sort of you know 12 13 14 page script and actually turned it into a 95 page script and we mm-hmm. went we've got a feature here and yep. so let's do it and it really was it was let's just make the film yeah so weekends when we could holidays we went out filmed over six months we filmed this film and it was it was interesting at times it was you know it was amazing at others it was when i think the biggest challenge we had was because it was never meant to have been a feature we and we hadn't, we hadn't made a feature we kind of lost track of where things were and how it was going to be and only once did we get into the edit did we realize oh we've got to we've got to fix things up so okay well this is essentially what you've done is a film school yeah you? i mean you've learned on the job absolutely it was it was just we needed to make a film and so we did it and um along came that that film it was and, and you know what we got to show it at dendy mm-hmm. and that to us was special um, we filled the, filled the cinema, that was special, and we got to watch our work on the big screen, and it got two other screenings after that, mm-hmm. um, and after that, you know, it was like, well, we want to be filmmakers, and so Chris and I made several shorts after that, mm-hmm. but once, we, we were living together, um, and 
we just had different lives we had different directions we were going and it came to a point where we couldn't live together as you know housemates couldn't live together as business partners so it was time to time to part but uh i guess for me touch of courage was a film that it made me continue again just the same as before it just continued my love for film Mm-hmm. It wanted me to tell stories. It was, you know, and I learned so much. I learned Definitely. what we needed to do. And um, the only thing is, is then came the idea of, you know, real work and, you know, end up getting a full-time job. And that prevented so many other opportunities along the way, which it was it's sad. So often is the case. Yeah. So, yeah. so if, if anything, it came down to we made Touch of Courage. We were proud of it. And then I got a job and that just changed my approach to life and you know i got myself into a long-term relationship and just things changed and so it just seemed the right thing that chris and i just sort of parted ways and mm-hmm. moved on and, True. and i guess yeah fair enough the um the lead into theater of the dead is interesting because in terms of a canberra filmmaking like uh, world mm. um my experience was is that there was select groups of of individuals who would work together on projects there was um let's say bear cage productions and various production houses that would um collaborate and make short films lights camera action you would always see many many people who were interested in film come out to play Hmm. so there were always these pockets in in the community of um, filmmakers so in the lead up to theater of the dead um tell us like because pat gallagher is the guy who wrote and directed theater of yep. the dead you're the producer with um john cougar yep and pat gallagher as well oh uh, yeah he's a silent producer silent yeah. producer yeah okay. yeah he's more writing and directing yeah yeah fair enough so tell us how the group of um you know john yourself and pat came together and yeah and well it, it's, it's funny because my journey as a filmmaker seems to follow on quite nicely from each other because uh <laughs> after th- uh after touch of courage i got a full-time job and it came to a point that full-time job i had to move on and i actually disappeared to Queensland for a little while and had a bit of a sabbatical where I spent a lot of time just filming waves and palm trees and b-roll for a few yeah which I, I, I have that b-roll and I never ever have done anything with it but that's another story I guess but uh I kind of went I went away because I wanted to be a filmmaker and I wasn't getting it being in a full-time job and so I had to decide what I wanted. And I think that's what the sabbatical was all about in a way. Which, mm-hmm. you know, Because I didn't do anything for six months. Literally, I was on the beach. And it was probably... I wish I could have stayed there, to be honest. But <laughs> things started calling and Canberra came calling. There were jobs that people wanted me to do. They realized I was able to help them out in, in certain video production ways. So I came back. And from there is when I started my business. I started making... Um, uh, my video production business started doing wedding videos mm-hmm. um, started doing corporate videos and all that sort of thing and so with that in mind I, I, I kind of was quite happy doing that but there was something else that was missing and that was that creative side I was so focused on client happiness and and their briefs and all that sort of thing and so there was that little thing there and it was it was difficult and lights camera action was really good because it let me explore myself again and make some short films and um, I was quite proud of a couple and there was one called Puppet Love which was a puppet film and another one called Man Called Canberra which was meant to be an action film that turned into this uh, love affair with with Canberra and how it belongs to the Aboriginal people and I was trying to make a statement and all that sort of thing I was really happy with those films mm-hmm. and then someone mentioned the Canberra Fish Film Coalition and 
that was someone was like we should should make feature films and I was like yeah let's make feature films yeah and I was like I've made one but you know it, it, it didn't go everywhere I wanted to go it didn't have the multiple screenings it didn't get a distribution it was simply a film we made we showed we're proud of it and ended so I was like this you know CFFC sounds like a great thing the Canberra Feature Film Coalition yeah. so we attended a meeting and it was within three months there was Pat Gallagher's script upheld up high and said let's do this I said let's do it just yeah. like the same attitude we had before I said let's do it let's go ahead yeah. and then led to the Screen ACT producer pod and we're like well if I'm going to be a producer I might as well do some course to help me be that Sure. and so we went and did that and then along came uh, auditioning we did our we did our um, what do you call it the when oh we, we it was a test shoot you know we did our test shoot a pitch shoot for yeah, for crowdfunding mm-hmm. and we did that and then all of a sudden it was just all coming together and mm-hmm. I was like well, yeah we're making a feature film here and along comes January of 2012 and we're shooting it we're there very nice Arendelle Theatre so tell us a little synopsis of Theatre of the Dead because yep. we haven't mentioned what the film is about yet well it's a zombie film yeah. um, it's, it's 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 about a group of actors who are on um, we're, uh, they're, they're rehearsing a play called um, Angels in Hell and it's a way over the top type of dance musical you know rock opera type thing and it's it's kind of cool but the focus more is on the relationships between the characters and pat has worked in theater for years he's fairly well known in the theater scene and so in numerous productions that were at arendelle theater he went what if zombies turned up and uh you know kind of ate everyone what would what would happen what would happen to that and that's where i think the script came from and so this group of uh theater practitioners including a director stage manager there was a technician assistant all that sort of thing they're all in the you know theater rehearsing for this play and outside the zombie apocalypse starts mm-hmm. and just uh, i guess like george romero's dawn of the dead you know they're they're locked inside a theater this time you know not being a mall it's a theater and they just have to fight the zombies and as always in the situations where you lock people in a room in, into a building they fight each other yep. and that's that's it in a nutshell really it's it's quite uh it's much more like pat in a way he's he's given a, a bit of uh, insight into the way the theatre dynamics work between different people. So you got the stage manager, who who always feels like he's in charge because he's not in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a director who's just my, you know he's manical and crazy, and um, he just wants his show to happen. And then you've got the the, the understudy, who's just jealous. Wants and, to be number you know, one. Yeah, sure. wants to be number one. And then you got the lead the lead man. You know, and in, the, in our story, their lead man is dating the lead girl, but there's something that's happened between them, and so there's all these different little things there. You got the Joker, you've got the, you know, you've got the the couple in the corner canoodling type thing, and so yeah, each of those different sort of characters are kind of put in there. Mm-hmm. And interesting, and I, I've noticed this is not something that's been highlighted yet, but no one's noticed that all the characters' names are the same character names from Chorus Line the musical okay. which i think is one of pat's favorite musicals so it must be oh <laughs> well yeah so it, 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 there's you know there's mike cassie um i mean i have to be honest i haven't seen chorus line don't tell pat <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i was meant to but uh he yeah might, he might not listen to this i don't know oh uh, maybe he won't but uh it's yeah because actually um the last resort which was my film uh rob and gordon are the two leads rob gordon is from high fidelity played by john cusack so ah, there you, you know, go. lift from things you like yeah absolutely um, yeah definitely 
Um, so yeah, so Theatre Dead became uh, this this community project. Um, started from the CFFC, and it, it it was a big project and a big concept. Uh, we only had uh, I believe fifty thousand dollars in cash mm-hmm. to make the film. Everyone volunteered. Everyone was there for seventeen days straight, back to back, on long nights and long days shooting this film. And uh, while a lot of people were unsure how it would go, we we got to the end. We filmed it, you know, and everyone was there. Everyone stayed around. Everyone sticked around. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a love for for filmmaking, obviously, yeah. among this group. Um, as well, the support you had through. Uh, Possible or Indiegogo, you had some funding. Uh, yeah, sites well, that was our first experience with crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. It uh, it gave me, I guess, this idea of trying to understand what the audience wants to see. Um, Indiegogo essentially gives your film um, or project the its first introduction to the world of who is going to really, I guess, buy your film and buying being able to get the right images and the right. Um, pitch and trying to tell the right story we were able to raise the necessary money that we were looking for we asked for 15 and we just got short of 17 grand Mm -hmm. and that was I think proof that people wanted to see the film um, and that we would have an end product an audience to watch it yeah it's a built in audience yeah exactly so um, and from there I mean I I think crowdfunding is the changing the way independent cinema works now as well i mean you're getting um what there's a veronica mars movie yeah. that's been crowdfunded and um you know people just pop projects on there i think james franco had one going yeah. at some point i'm not sure but yeah definitely um it's changed the way you know films can be made yeah making sure they can be made in fact yeah um my experience on theater of the dead uh, in that i got to be a zombie extra yes you did um i popped in and uh it was a night shoot, as so many zombie movies are set at night. Yeah. I think, you know, there's something to that. You know, th- seeing zombies during the day is not as frightening. Or no. can. Well, unless, you know, the Walking Dead's done pretty well. Yeah. Okay. The, um, I was actually going to say the beginning of uh, Dawn of the Dead, you know, where she's Oh, yeah, that's pretty scary. And, yeah, yeah. That one's pretty full on as well. Yeah. Um, well, my experience was that it was a, a very fine-tuned, um, you know, experience we went to a waiting area we were brought in for a zombie makeup costume you know um we had this chocolatey syrupy mess you know <laughs> poured into our mouths for the zombie blood drool it was um you know then we were hand selected for different moments um by pat gallagher and uh, i understand that i may have made it into the film yeah you have it's a key moment as well uh, there's a part in the in the film where part half the group go make a break, and the zombies overrun them. And I, I believe Dave here is he's one of the key zombies that stops one of the actors from, I guess, making it to the end credits. <laughs> looking forward to seeing it all, uh, you know, um, at some stage. The um, the other question I had was, did you guys get in as zombie extras? Did you, uh, Pat uh, and um, John? I, I don't. I don't do performing in, <laughs> particularly after looking back at the old videos. I used to dance around. I'm. I'm not a performer. Um. I and I wouldn't wouldn't dress up as a zombie. It's one of those things where I just kind of went. You know what? I'm happy to watch. I'm happy to organize it. I'm happy to help get it all together. But when it comes to me performing, I cringe. Hmm. I, I don't like. Uh speaking parts but zombies are fine i'm happy yeah. to uh pop up as a zombie uh i'd love if you tell us a bit about the director pat gallagher um obviously 
Uh, he's got theatre background, as you mm. mentioned, but um, you're well-versed in his film work? Yeah, I, I actually, part of the reason why I wanted to make Theatre Dead was because Pat used to always beat me at Lights, Canberra Action. You can't beat him, join him. Yeah, <laughs> the, it was... Uh, I, I didn't really know who Pat was. He, I would make a film for Lights, Camera. I mean, I'm not saying I had the best film, but, you know, I, I would have loved to have, uh, you know, be, beat Mr. Pat Gallagher at something, but then every year he just came out with such quality films and entertaining films his brotherhood of why trilogy uh exactly why i want to make films because they have adventure and action and romance and you know and in seven minutes in seven minutes and mm. that's and that, i was just like okay that you're right you can't beat them join them and that's what made me want to work with pat but since starting the film it's been an amazing friendship as well because he loves film. He is so passionate about what he does. And he has been doing it a long time as well. And he's one of those guys who's, you know, he loves his job as well, um, working at Parliament House. And so to balance between the two, you know, two things, his work and his, you know, his film love and theatre love has been challenging for him. And for him to make this film, I think, was a big step for him. And I could tell in, at, the, uh, at the premiere, he... He, he had a tear that he wanted to share. I think that was really nice. And I think... I, I, I'm unlucky to have met Pat. He's a, he's a good bloke and a, um, a good filmmaker. So it's kind of funny, once upon a time, I, I looked at him and goes, oh, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> and now I just... I, I, I would love to... Uh, I love to make more films with him, for sure. I really hope Pat listens to this. <laughs> 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 All right, so the, uh, the film gets completed, Theatre of the Dead. Uh, what's the runtime, if you remember? Uh, 80, 85, just, just 85 minutes, okay. yeah, with credits. And you took the film to Cannes. Yeah, Cannes was an opportunity that popped up. And I mean, a lot of it is because of my next film. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I've been doing a number of different, uh, I get the well, Screen ACD call and pods, but they're just training courses, uh, information sessions, uh, lectures or whatever. And so I've been doing a lot with Screen ACT and... They brought up this uh, this idea of taking a group to Cannes um, this year. It's um, got to be a dream come true in a way. I mean, the experience alone. It was perhaps the highlight of my film career because mm-hmm. getting on that plane and arriving in Nice and driving along the South France. And I lived in England and I never really got to do that. I never got to drive around the South France and see it and experience it. Um, and on the, um, on the main strip in... in in Cannes, the just the, the you've seen them in photos, you've seen them in films, but it was real and there. And then the idea that you know down the road was Matt Damon, and up there was you know Harvey Harvey, you Weinstein, know Weinstein. Yeah, there was. Oh, I'm sure Harvey Cattell was there too. <laughs> there was, you know, and, and it was just one of those things of, you know, this is this is the real deal. This is more. This is Hollywood. You know, mm-hmm. it was. It's Hollywood in France. Yeah. Um, did you spot anyone famous? Absolutely. Steven Spielberg. Spielberg, wow. Got to see Spielberg. Um, we saw a snippet of Jennifer Lawrence driving past in a car. Um, there was no Cole Kidman. Matt, oh, I eventually got to see Matt Damon and my, um, Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were doing a press uh, photo call. Behind for, the candle. Yeah. Right? And that was... It was funny is that because I was watching a TV screen and I was like, oh, it's so cool. They're there doing the photos. Oh, that's what a photo call is and that kind of thing. And I was the only one watching the TV, and I couldn't understand why. Yeah. And then the whole situation ended, and I and I kind of went, oh, well, it was cool. I got to see them on television. I know they're here somewhere. 
turned around and saw a whole group of people at this window. Yeah. And I'm like, why are they there? And I walked <laughs> up to the window and the press call was outside the window mm. the whole time. <laughs> and I could have actually been a lot closer. So I, all I got to see was them walk past the window and everyone was taking photos of the cameras on through the glass and stuff. And yeah. I was like, damn it, I should have paid more <laughs> attention. Um, but yeah, it was a good experience. Definitely. Yeah. But uh, part of it was not just to go and see the actors. It was actually the, the whole point of the going was the ACD government wanted to take a trade mission. And that was to so that we could see what was required of filmmakers in Australia off, and off the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that, you know, you make a film and it's great and you can be artistic. But there's also a level where a lot of investment comes because people want to make a buck. And so we booked lots of meetings with distributors sales agents and explored what they wanted what's commercial yeah. what's commercial what was needed to make a successful film what were they buying and i mean the lucky thing is we did have a cut of theater dead it wasn't the final final cut but it was a cut of theater dead we had development of my new film me and my mates we had a script um we had um some other projects i've been developing and so it was just we had a package with us in a, in, a, in our hands and it was a matter of going and talk to them about our products talk about how we wanted to sell them and see if there was any interest mm-hmm. and while we didn't end up with anything specific we made a lot of good contacts that are Definitely. helping right now mm-hmm. um, the, and, and the decisions we've made since Khan has helped make our new project a lot more tighter and much more commercial so uh, the next project is Me and My Mates vs. The Zombie Apocalypse. As you may guess from the title, it's a zombie film. I yeah. was going to ask, have you always liked the zombie genre? Um, it's probably a really horrible thing to say, but no. I had no interest in zombies, really. I've, I've never really had an interest in gory, bloody films, to be honest. Horror I'm, films? Yeah, uh, adventure films. I love adventure. I mean, I mentioned Indiana Jones before. That's probably one of my favourite who Framed Roger Rabbit is probably my ultimate film. If everyone asks me, what's your favourite film? Who That's Fran- Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Even though I've got like so many of them, to be honest. It's but difficult. Yeah, it is very difficult to pick. But uh, so having Theater of the Dead come along and kind of introduced me to the zombie world and I went and bought every zombie film I could find and watched them all and I kind of, I've become a little bit more subdued to it. And I quite like Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder one. The new one, yeah. I quite... I mean, I love George Romero's work. I mean, they're cheesy, they're cheap. They're not They're not quite what I would want from a film experience, but I've come to appreciate them a lot more. Um, i got to say as well, in the waiting room where we're all dressed as zombies and, you know, hanging out, ready to go onto the Theatre of the Dead set... Um, we're playing nothing but zombie films in there. Everybody's just lifting their performances. That was the same same collection of films that I bought. I that put bought. I put them out there. So White Snow is it? Dead Snow. Dead Snow. Dead Snow was the one that stood out for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very well, good zombie film. I actually Shaun of the Dead. Okay, Shaun of the Dead. I've seen it before, but I hadn't seen Dead Snow. So yeah, was, Shaun of the Dead for me was kind of, and it's interesting because this is where me and my mates really comes from. Is is that idea that the zombies they can be serious but they can also be quite funny. Mm-hmm. And um, one, Shaun of the Dead, I think, made me go, I can really accept the zombie genre, and I'm comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of opened me up to watching other horror films, to be honest. I'm just not a fan of torture porn type films. They just, you know, I watched Saw. That was hard enough as it was, you know, and, and after that, I couldn't watch Saw 2. I switched it off. Fair enough. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so 
obviously a very successful franchise but i mean it's not for everybody no <laughs> it's not but uh yeah so zombie films i love them i do love them um i'm not going to stick in that genre forever no. and yeah i'm making a second zombie film but i guess i'm giving myself license to because the first one was much more of a, a horror it, it was it was it's a george romero love affair really the the theater of the dead it's yep. it's it's the whatever thing george romero tried to do in zombie films that's what theater of the dead was this time, in a way, it's an anti-zombie film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Declan Shrub, who wrote um, Me and My Mates, he hates zombie films. Okay. And so he wanted to write a zombie film he loved. He wanted to write a zombie film that do, the characters do everything that he was frustrated other zombie films do. Mm-hmm. And this is about the time I think Walking Dead became really big. So there's an element there I think Walking Dead's changed the way the zombie genre is seen. Mm-hmm. And then with... Um, uh, World War Z as well mm. I think that's changed it again I think there's a new progression I, I think Walking Dead has to now um, adapt to the World War Z type um, zombie mm. uh, I guess mindset that audiences now have so with me and my mates it's pure comedy mm. it's the cast is interesting too we should jump onto that yeah the uh, that that in itself is actually my I think our most proudest thing of a film that we haven't shot yet is mm. is the the it's been almost a year of negotiations to really make it work and that's mm-hmm. um alex williamson who is a prolific youtuber um with numerous uh uh videos of certain uh degree of uh crudeness and <laughs> um but he's gets millions of views which is you know exciting for for everyone involved um to have him on me my mates there's mm-hmm. also greg fleet mm-hmm. legend of comedy um he you know he 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 killed daphne and neighbors i believe okay in I'm not the aware. 80 1988 <laughs> so he's been around in the australian sphere for mm-hmm. a long long time um and his stand-up show is just everyone i've been to several and it's hilarious mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious and then most recently we've been able to bring aboard um us slash australian comedian jim jeffries Jim Jeffries has his own TV show called Legit, where he plays himself, and each episode kind of tells retells stories that actually happened to him in his real life, which actually makes up part of his stand-up show as well. But uh, okay. it's a very clever show. It's been received really well, and they're shooting season two right now. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's doing the right thing. So it's yeah. a, a very like nice up-and-coming couple of guys bookended, you know, with the Australian legend Greg Fleet as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of potential for those two to, you know yeah to blow up i guess you know absolutely and it's uh it's uh, pretty exciting because the idea was we wanted to get good comedians involved we wanted to get because it, it, the script is hilarious mm-hmm. so we needed a comedy to be right and so having that connection having that ability to have these three great comedians is sort of move the project in, in, in a greater direction you know than then simply just finding you know what we do with Theater of the Dead was we auditioned mm-hmm. and we got what we could and you know not for a film that was not paying anyone for Theater of the Dead wasn't paying anyone it was you know we got a good array of actors because of that yep. we were lucky very lucky to get the actors we did for uh, you know a no pay film but uh, having a little bit of money for me and my mates we we are, we are lucky enough to get these actors in and even so they're they're doing wondrous things for us and I kind of look forward to the next couple of months because we'll kind of all all this hard work for the last year will kind of come together when we start shooting we should mention it's um it's um early December 2013 now um January 2014 you're shooting yeah in 
five six weeks so <laughs> it's uh it's not far away um there's a lot of work to do a lot of work to uh to get us to there but um you know it's uh, uh it's why i make film i mean i love doing this and uh yeah i've kind of sort of changed in the direction in the way that i've engaged myself in film mm-hmm. being that i'm producing a lot more nowadays um uh me and my mates is is, is everything that we we uh, started with or I started with back when I was young I mean I'm not ruining anything about me and my mates but the, there is a level of bleakness there I mean zombie zombies are the apocalypse in itself is pretty bleak true so we come back to that same idea of why I'm attracted to things mm-hmm. it's um, but yeah we're not going to see you do a rom-com anytime soon unless um, the boy doesn't get the girl <laughs> yeah if I was to do a rom-com that's exactly how I'd do it and I think yeah now that we all t- talked about it I don't think I can do a rom-com because <laughs> everyone knows how it's going to end true uh, I'll just quickly mention www.theatreofthedead.com.au uh, is the website. We'll put links to that on our um, Facebook page for Podme if you can. Uh, so the premiere for Theatre of the Dead yeah. has just happened uh, yeah. last week? Or the yeah, week it was before. just last week. Yeah, and um, that in itself was awesome. It was so good to see everybody who worked on the film back again, their friends and their family and interested people, and we filled out that cinema. Back at Dendi again? Back at Dendi, same cinema as Touch of Courage. There was a nice symmetry there because yeah. we got Touch of Courage, we got it on a big screen, and then the same cinema we got to watch Theatre of the Dead. Um, and the audience reaction was the best part. Um, yeah, all right. Everyone worked on the film, so they had a connection to it. There was something there, mm-hmm. but it was really a good experience where they laughed at the right spots. They some people cringed at the right spots, and there was one moment, one of our proudest moments of one of the one of the kills. There was a round of applause wow. in the middle of the film, <laughs> um, and even 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 so, there was it was what followed from that moment was a sudden change in that character's fate who just did something amazing okay and from applause it went to sudden silence <laughs> because they were like oh my god you know it just had something amazing moment. just happened okay and then something terrifying just happened we so. don't want to spoil it because i'm hoping everyone who listens yeah. to this gets a chance to watch the film yeah uh what is the release plan you know for theater of the dead how can people get their hands on it well we would like to do some more canvas screenings mm-hmm. we are talking about a screening in melbourne um we've uh, we did a zombie convention um a few few weeks ago mm-hmm. and we got a lot of interest there um so we're definitely going to get something in melbourne definitely in sydney definitely in brisbane maybe gold coast mm-hmm. um it's just a matter of us you know because we've not got a, anyone directly distributing the film and we are looking yep. um for someone to to assist us with that mm-hmm. but at the moment what we're trying to do is just get people interested get people who know about the film getting them to see it so we're just trying to set up screenings um but we you know we've got also the fact that all, all these are wonderful indiegogo people who gave us money to help make it happen we want to obviously given give them their return so yeah, for sure um we we're going to be sending out some dvds to them hopefully in january of next year okay. um so that you know they'll get to see it but uh of course we it might we, be a slight delay for the general public but oh well, look I'm, i i think i think it'll be soon i okay. think it'll be real soon Very so nice. um it'll be good it'll be good to get it out there cool um look we always um towards the end of these podcasts yeah. we uh we talk about the last film you watched at the theater just yeah. as a bit of a you know check yeah. into what people are watching on yeah that. so what, what what did you uh see last well the last film i saw was the new hunger games movie uh-huh catching uh, fire is it yeah, yep yep 
I have to admit, I didn't quite enjoy the first Hunger Games. Okay. I wasn't. I found. I found the biggest thing was it looked pretty, and Jennifer Lawrence is amazing, and I will and happily pretty. and I'll happily marry you one day, Jennifer. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then um, I think you have to get in a line. Yeah, I know. I, that's. The, I think I hear that often. Uh, get in line. Um, but the film itself, I found the shaking cam to be messy. I found just the plot to not. Not to appeal to me. Have you, have you read the novels? I haven't. Okay. I have not. Maybe I'm not. That's it, that yeah. could be it. <laughs> so I kind of was a bit apprehensive about the second movie. Um, I, I enjoyed the first hour forty-five. Okay. But the last fifteen twenty of minutes of the first film of the second one. Okay. Of the second film, the last hour and oh yeah. Well, sorry. I don't know how. What is the duration? It's two hours. Two hours fifteen. Two hours twenty. Um, yeah. The, just the ending. It was disappointing, in my opinion. But maybe I didn't expect that because of the books. Mm-hmm. If I'd read the books, maybe I'll be more aware, more educated. I don't know. It was definitely better than the first film. But uh, okay. I went with a friend who is obsessed. Right. So that was my reasoning. Um, but yeah. I haven't, I haven't had much time for movies, Fair call. to be honest, no, in recent months. So look, The producing game is keeping you very busy. That's, yeah, that's yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah. Um, do you think you would ever direct again, given the opportunity? It's a good question because I I love producing mm-hmm. and I've become I've become to love producing a lot more. It's it's that bigger picture thing. You get to see a lot more of it and have that control over so many different aspects and, and and being involved in all sort of creative aspects as well. Mm-hmm. I do like directing and if I direct maybe on a short film level. Um, depends on what comes along. I'm currently writing a couple of projects. Okay. Um, and we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm much more confident producer than I am director. And I think directing is something I love doing, but uh, I felt my calling was to be a producer. So It's good to find out early. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, how can people find you? Obviously, we're going to be putting some links uh, on Podme If You Can's mm. uh, Facebook page, but um, your direct link on Twitter? Uh, it's at Sanguinetti Media. Um, and I guess you can also find me on my website of www.sanguinatingmedia.com.au and of course uh, www.theatreofthedead.com.au um, I'm sure there'll be uh, notice of screenings as yeah absolutely as oh uh, yeah as soon as we've got a screening booked it'll be up on the website cool so just keep an eye on that guys and mm. um, if you're keen to see Theatre of the Dead it's definitely going to be around in 2014 and uh, for the masses and the tagline for the film on the poster it's uh, it's um uh, there are worse things than being torn apart by the critics. Which I really like. All right, Daniel, thank you for sitting down with us on Pod Me If You Can, and we hope to talk to you in the future about me and my mates first the zombie apocalypse. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So that was uh, discussing with Daniel Sanguinetti, obviously the upcoming film Theatre of the Dead, which... Um, I had a very small bit in as a as an extra Lloyd, so I've got a, a personal experience with this film. So I thought it'd be nice to uh, bring it to the podcast's attention um, as we get more information about the film, um, as we know the sort of release plan when DVDs are available. I think we will put um, some of this up on our Facebook page for Theatre of the Dead. We might even link to their Facebook page so you can find all the information. Um, but to find us, you can look at www.podmeifyoucan.com. All of our links are there. YouTube, uh, we have a channel where we dedicated to obscure DVDs that we don't cover off on this podcast. Uh, as well as that, you can find the link to Facebook, which um, we'll put any Theatre of the Dead links onto.
Uh, thanks very much for listening, guys. And you can drop us a line on our Facebook page or find us through iTunes. Thanks, guys. All the best.